Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Asher Record Service brings you Trey Biddy, and we're glad to have you with us. And Trey, I know you've got some good information today because you would have talked to Sam Pittman, but before that, we have had Chris on Little Rock on hold for quite some time, so let's go ahead and uh, let him come on with us. So, hi. Oops, I guess we haven't had Chris quite as long as I thought. So, what'd you learn today from Sam Pittman, Trey? Yeah, I dropped a collar without ever having to say anything. <laughs> he held through the. You're I had him holding through the brakes. Yeah, yeah. He, he held for 11 minutes, so I wanted to get him on, but when, as soon as Trey Biddy gets on, somebody's going to get off, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some interesting stuff today. Of course, Sam Pittman talked about his contract a little bit. Nothing that we didn't really know about it. Just, you know, provided a humor, a little bit of humor to it about saying, you know, on Scott Van Pelt about. Um, how he didn't want to go anywhere, and they're like, "Well, let's just put that in writing," you know, on the uh, on the non-compete side of things. But nothing, nothing we haven't discussed in length. Um, he did, he did allude, and I, I didn't know that this had 100% passed or anything. But it, it looks like they are at 85 for 85 now instead of 25 plus seven and all that stuff with the recruiting classes. So we can, we can forget about all these gray shirts and blue shirts and all that kind of stuff and uh, just focus on getting guys on campus, unrecruited players, counting them ahead to the next class, all that kind of stuff is is done. So um, from now on out, it's just uh, how can you get 85 on scholarship? And uh, what he says right now, they're at 84. I've got them at 86. He didn't specific, specify on which players, but he said um, he they, were, they kicked a couple back to last year. So... <laughs> What I'm guessing, I think he's probably not wanting to tell us on purpose, but what I'm guessing he means by that is two players that they had placed on scholarship, they had, a, I, I'm guessing, a couple of openings last year and filled those scholarships retroactively with those players, if that makes sense. And then I guess the idea is if they have a couple more spots open up, then they'll put them on scholarship moving forward. But what he said is they've got – 84 on scholarship, even though I've got them at 86, the numbers are the numbers are right. It's just who counts back to well, last year. I'm guessing is, maybe maybe the two walk-ons they just put on scholarship um, retroactively counted them last year, so they get their scholarship money for last year, but not this year. But not this year. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Or, but sure. it plays out equally in their mind because they weren't on scholarship last year, so right. <laughs> it balances out, I guess. So there's still a little bit of uh, working with the numbers here and there, even though I guess we can get rid of some of those terms that have been kind of confusing for a while. So he says he's got them at 84, and when they got to that, um, you know, invited Dorian Gerald. First, they didn't know if Dorian Gerald was going to be cleared physically, and they didn't know if he'd be granted a waiver for a seventh year of eligibility, which is unheard of at Arkansas. That's never happened. No, never. So, yeah, pretty pretty rare territory uh, being the only one. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask him about, you know, if it meant maybe well, they well, could stop, slide. Stop just a second. Does that, does that mean they do know now, or and that's why he said he's coming yes. back, or they still don't know? Yeah, he indicated they, they that, they, that he's cleared medically he and cleared, cleared okay. to play, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, So, and I don't think that that's something that they thought was going to happen before, so – um, I didn't ask him if that was going to maybe mean that maybe you could look at sliding Eric Gregory inside um, because it does sound like Torian Carter is going to miss some time. Um, is he? Yeah, he didn't specify the injury, but, I mean, just based on what I've heard, it, it you know, it sounds like it's pretty serious, obviously, if it's going to, 
you know, take him into the season missing some time. And they, they hope he can get back. Um, right now, unless there's a new injury that pops up, you know, they might be some guys limited a little bit here and there in the summer. But they're expecting everybody, um, you know, with the expect- exception of, of Torian, uh, to be full go when fall camp starts right, right. now. So so that's good yeah. news. Um See what else was the main things that he did. Covered. You ask him if Gerald uh-huh. would be close to his PhD. <laughs> he should be pretty close. We have Seven to call him Doctor Gerald. That's yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we talked about it the other day. Like usually, when there's an older player, you call him Uncle, but you might have to call him Papal Gerald, <laughs> or I guess Doctor Gerald might work also. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting time for recruiting. We've got 33 visitors lined up for this month. Uh, they've got several football camps lined up, and Pittman kind of talked about that, how, you know, the landscape has changed with camps. It used to be back in the day, you everybody that ended up on your commit list, a large percentage of them, you know, are guys that you had in camp at some point. And that's not usually how it is now. You know, a guy with, as he said, with 20 offers, it's hard to get them to come work out. But <laughs> what you're doing now is, you know, you're looking to – guys in the 2024 class, 2025, 2026. And that's something that they've been doing for a number of years now. Uh, but they've got a lot of camps coming up, starting with the youth camp. Um, and, you know, talked a little bit about some of the players that they have. They've only been at this for two days during their eight-week training cycle. Uh, they've only been at it a, a couple of days. And um, he hasn't, I don't think, seen Taylor Lewis yet. But he's seen Matt Landers and Terry Hampton, two of the new additions. Really likes what he's seen out of Isaiah Satania so far. Uh, says he just kind of keeps quiet and works really hard, which is what he would expect from the son of a coach. And uh, his mother was also uh, a really good athlete also. Uh, let's see. What else did he talk about today? Just some of the stuff with spring meetings, you know. Uh, you know, they're talking about having portal windows where, uh, you know, there's at the end of the season maybe having a window where players can jump in the portal and, and then after spring football having a, a window where players can jump into the portal and instead of just making it open all the time, just having, you know, this pocket of time, this pocket of time. Um, I don't know if that's going to change anything too much because I may, I guess maybe it would make a player think about it a little while, but, you know, if a player is going to enter the, the portal after spring, you know, I don't know how that helps you that much with roster management moving forward. I, I, I mean, I guess there's a whole new slew of players in the portal, but, um, you know, they're just talking about those kinds of things, nothing official, just, just stuff to discuss. Uh, let's see, what else? You know, it's, the emphasis this, this offseason is just to get better, really. If you remember the last couple of years, it's always been, we got to get bigger. we got to get bigger. we yeah. got to get stronger. Yeah. That's been yeah. a, a big talk and – Currently, they're pretty big right now. They've got a. When I look out there, I see a really big football team, and um, you know, a team that hopefully looks like a lot of other SEC teams. It's not bigger than than many of them, uh, but right now, you know, it's just getting great conditioning and and stay big and strong. Um, it wasn't a whole. Lo- it wasn't a, a super long interview today. I think it was about 21 minutes, which is. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's about, about on par for about how long he goes. But those are pretty much the main topics that, that Sam covered today. I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Trey, because it's been a while since I've been there actually working in athletics. That has got to be the first press conference, I believe, that's ever been called for a coach to talk about his own contract. <laughs> Is that ever, right? Yeah, have you ever heard that happen before? No, I don't think so. I don't believe yeah. that, that we've had. I mean, there's been releases and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, that's not the same sure. thing. Yeah, um, 
Uh, it's interesting because we didn't have him for, you know, that long stretch between the Outback Bowl, the eight-minute press conference yeah. after the Outback Bowl, yeah. um, to the start of spring football because we didn't right. have the signing day press conference since nobody signed on signing day. So um, it's good to be able to talk to him a little bit today, get a and few updates because be there's, the- some, there's some stuff hanging out there that, you know, obviously everybody wants to hear a few answers on. You know, they, uh, and I didn't know how you would handle that, but I'm thinking, what well, do you say? Well, coach, you want to talk about your new contract? Yeah, it's great. Can you believe they're paying me this much to coach football? I mean, no yeah. coach is going to say that. So, anyway. yeah. Well, I mean, he was typical Sam Pittman, though. I mean, he yeah. said, you know, it puts me at ninth in the SEC. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. It's, you know, I've just had two years of coaching behind me. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of incentives in this contract that could certainly bump things up. Uh, quite a bit as uh, you know through the length of it so um, he seemed very pleased with it and uh, you know I think Hunter Yurchak probably pleased too because yeah when Hunter first got to Arkansas he said uh, that he f- believes that f- losing football games should be a fireable offense yeah and I thought Josh Pate had a good take on it today too about you know, some of the money that uh, some of these schools are paying coaches like you know Will Muschamp at South Carolina who Will Muschamp is, wasn't going to go anywhere he wasn't going to you know, get a job anywhere else, but he's got this right. huge buyout, you know, that they're having yeah. to pay. And, um, you know, Gus Mal's on at Auburn, uh, same, uh, same deal. Yeah. And, you know, Pittman's not going anywhere either. Um, but his contract is very, if he wins 50% of better than 50% of his games right now, he's 12 and 11, I think. Yes. So if he wins over 50% of his games and they decide to fire him, then they've got to pay him 75% of the contract. Yeah. If he doesn't, if he underperforms, they decide to fire him, then they only have to pay him 50%. And I think that's, um, you know, kind of in the line of, of some of the things that the Hunter Yurichek was wanting to do with coaching contracts. It's just it's hard to be that one outlier who's doing it, you know, different where the contract is a little more in favor of the school and everybody else is not. You know, it's it's just a hard position to be in until you can get everybody on the same page. That's right. Well, Marcus, if you could have asked Sam Pistman a question today, what would you have asked him? And let's see how Trey Biddy would respond to whatever your question would be. <laughs> I get to be no, Sam Pittman here? Uh, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trey, can you hear me? I can yeah. hear you. Trey, can you hear me? Yeah, he yes. can. Go ahead. So I, think, I, think, I think the question I have is, is going to be continually the progression of a quarterback. Uh, KJ and and what's happening uh, as far as his de- development, as far as how the offense is changing, um, based on his development this year. What can we expect? That's what that that would be my question. And Man, Sam, I, tr- Sam, I thought Trey, I could hear him, but I really, okay, I really cannot hear him at all. Okay. His uh, he said his best uh, his thought would be about development of the quarterback. You got a guy that's had a really good year. Is he still developing? And what can we expect from KJ Jefferson in 2022? Well, well, not not, not so much as, as developing. That was my Sam Pittman. Well, well, yeah, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good well. Yeah, now I think for KJ, it's uh, you know it's about continuing to be a leader. Um, you know, he's he's mentioned before that he wants to be in great shape this season. He caught a little bit of flack last year for allegedly being overweight. People were saying he was fat and didn't care, and you know this is his opportunity. And you know there were a lot of doubters for KJ, uh, you know, coming into the last season. Uh, but I think continuing to build as a leader, he's got to take on more, and he he doesn't have a safety valve in Traylon Burks now. You know he's got to develop a great relationship, a great chemistry with these wide receivers. 
I would hope that that's what he's really working on this after se- this off season. You know, leading leading throws, um, you know, player led practice kind of stuff, uh, those types of things to get on a really really you know good page with those guys. But you know, he's not a sophomore anymore. He's a he's a fourth year junior, and yeah. this is KJ's team this year. You know, last year I, I kind of said if you'd asked me, you know, who's the leader of this team, I would have said this is Grant Morgan's team. Um, this year, I think it's KJ's team, and uh, you know, so he's got to be that kind of quarterback that puts the team on his shoulders. Not that he didn't last year; he absolutely did. But uh, you know, just being more, more of a leader, just taking it on even more, making this KJ Jefferson's team. And I think my question was more so, Trey. How, how does how does the offense change? I, I think what we saw from KJ when given the opportunity, he stepped up. But I think our now is Bryles going to open up the system more and utilize what, what he brings more to the table. Are we seeing that? Yeah, well, I think it'll probably be, you know, kind of a learning experience as you go. Last year, they didn't know KJ was as good a runner as he is. You know, it took, it took that first game to say, hey, this guy might run for 70, 80 yards a game. Um, so okay. I think you, you, you'll kind of figure it out as you go along. You may think you know what you have but n- until you get out there. But Kendall Browse's offenses, when they've been at their best, and I mean elite, you know, at, like at Baylor, uh, you know, they were number one in the country in rushing yards, but they were still top 25 in passing yards. And when I look at this team, I say, okay, you got a 235-pound running back. you got a 225-pound running back. you got a very veteran offensive line returning. And I think it's going to end up being probably Takias Crawford over at the left side, if not Luke Jones, who's 6'5", 327. Um, you know, so I think that, to me, you start out, you know, thinking, okay, this is going to be a team that's really going to run the ball. And, you know, Pittman talks about bully ball when he first got at Arkansas, and that's being able to run when they know you're running at them. And does Arkansas have a team like that? I think that they possibly could, a team that can run the ball, when they need to run and can stop the run when they need to run. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against some of the elite teams in the SEC, but I think that they can run when they need to. And that's where I would try to hang my hat. And if things open up with the passing game, Jaden Hazelwood ends up being a star, um, you know, Trey Knox, some of those other guys, then, you know, you just kind of build on that throughout the season. But I, to me, you start out saying, hey, we, we led Power 5 football in rushing yards per game last year, and we're going to do that again and do it even better. When you say, can you do it against the elite teams, you've you got a, a huge offensive line, most of them experienced. you got a pretty good group of running backs, though, too, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, 225 and 235, uh, your first two backs, and Dominic Johnson and and uh, Rocket Sanders, uh, you know, and, and Rocket went from what Pittman would call being a hard runner to a running back now. Because uh, he, you know, was a wide receiver in high school. Uh, Dominic Johnson, I think, is one of the more underappreciated players in the country. And I think with, you know, he didn't have more than six carries a game his first like six games last season. And the the first time he got more than that, he ran for well over 100 yards. Um, and Sanders played with a shoulder issue last season for the for the majority of the season. And then AJ Green, AJ Green was it. AJ Green's the highest ranked running back recruit on this roster and has a lot of speed and you know was continuing to get better between the tackles as the season wore on so you know he could be a sleeper guy he could be a guy that maybe even passes people 
I think he's got a lot of ability, and they really like Rashad Rashad Debenyon also. Yes. Um, but it all it all starts up front with that offensive line. People have heard me say many times that, you know, every starter on this offensive line is about to be a third year starter or a fourth year starter. You know, not just coming off one year being a starter, multiple multiple years of being a starter, and you know, they just got to figure that that fifth guy out. And again, I think it I think it'll come down to Takis Crawford and Luke Jones and. Both those guys, I think, are probably more than capable. Very good. Well, uh, if you'd like to ask Trey Beatty a question, you can do it by calling 501-661-1037. Or if you have any questions for us, we've got Kevin McPherson on next. If you have a basketball question at 530, you can call. And, of course, Pat Bradley will be on at 605. So, Trey, football is your specialty. You do basketball as well. Mm. But you had to enjoy the baseball game last night. Oh, yeah. Watch it. Absolutely, absolutely. I've watched every pitch. I mean, uh, I didn't know what they were going to do with pitching, but uh, they certainly figured that out. I mean, to hold a team that's been that explosive uh, to just three runs. And, you know, Oklahoma State was probably a little worn out. Arkansas was worn out too, I mean. uh, But Oklahoma State probably a little bit more. And uh, um, it was good to see some guys that were flapping their gums a little bit, be a little bit, disappointed at the end of that and, and and maybe show the rear end a little bit too but uh um, ah. well now trey we gotta we gotta ask you now rick yeah. is hold on welcome you know, welcome throwing back the to, ball yeah welcome back to fuddy duddy radio <laughs> throwing the ball. Say, go ahead marcus no. ask, you, ask your question <laughs> no no we got we gotta get we gotta get trey's input on this now rick is advocating throwing the baseball and Plucking, uh, plucking those guys in the just side. Just one of them. Just uh, one of them. Bitch, where, where, are you, where are you standing on that? Oh, I don't condone violence of any kind. I violence? Mean. That's not violence. Why, why not? Throwing at your head might be, but not oh, throwing at your ribs. Good grief. Okay. Uh, there's always right. got to be a winner and a loser. I, I'm glad Arkansas won. We're going to start calling ourselves. Look how high that road is here. I took. Yeah, good for you. Okay, we do have a caller. So here's classy. David. Here's here's David and Brian. David, thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, that that home home schedule we got this year for for the, the home schedule that's that's like Alabama LSU. That's a whole whole crap of it, isn't it? Yeah. Is Notre Dame in that this year? Or is that coming up in two thousand twenty twenty five? If if the not if the Depending on what the SEC does on scheduling, but right now Notre Dame is scheduled to come in 2025. Well, I've seen a thing on the pod. They did that, that conference last week with all the commissioners, I guess, down in Florida, whatever that was. Well, yeah. Uh, they did that thing, that pod, and they got us to uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, and Arkansas on the pod. I don't think they're going to have pods. No, I don't think they're going to have pods. That's what they were talking about. I see an article is talking about the pod, which is like it where everybody, the way they're talking about it, it's, it's like everybody uh, can have, uh, and, and once every four years you play everybody in the SEC. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that'll happen, but not, not out of pods. Yeah. yeah. Pods? I, I think they, they're talking about either a 1-7 where you play one team every year, and you may be thinking in terms, if you're thinking of pods where you, there are three teams you play every year and you rotate the rest, it'll, it'll probably be one yeah. of those two. But but you still they're wouldn't be in a pod. Like a, they're they're going to talk about four four pods. Yeah. No, they, they they won't they won't do it. They won't call it pods, and that'll have nothing to do with the race because uh, there won't, there won't even be divisions. So if there's no divisions, there's no pods. Uh, well, 
That's what I need to know, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks for calling, David. No pods. They'll save those for invasion. I don't think pods are the way to do it either. No. I think I think three permanent opponents. It's about the only thing that makes sense. Do you think they will do that? I, do you think enough coaches yeah. will eventually say, okay, for nine games? Well, I mean, the other option is eight games and playing one permanent opponent. Yeah. yeah that is, I don't like that at all. Yeah, and some that have more than one rival uh, won't like that either. Yeah, so. yeah. Alabama's not going to want to not play Tennessee and or right. not play Auburn or something. Oh, you they'll know play I mean? Auburn for sure. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's not going to want to stop playing Florida and Auburn. Nope, you're right. All right, Trey, well, thanks. We'll join you yep. again tomorrow. You'll join us tomorrow. And uh, Trey Biddy, brought to you by Asher Record.